CEO Money. I'm Michael Yorba. Thanks for joining with us. I have Daphne Barak. She's an author. She has a new book out, To Plea or Not to Plea, and it is a bound to be a bestseller. It's got very, very intense current content involved in it. Um, Daphne, welcome to the show. First of all, thank you for being here. Thank you, Michael, for having me. And I know my husband, Bill, has been twice on your show, and he thinks so highly of you. I appreciate that. I appreciate it a lot. You have a very rich history in television broadcast and interviewing uh, people from around the world. Give our audience a flavor for your background, and then I want to dive right into your book. I've been a, probably they say I'm the most syndicated interviewer around the world. I have, I have a model that I didn't have a master plan, but apparently it proved to be very unique that I'm syndicating the, the best a dozen markets since I was 20. And that means uh, I reach the uh, half a billion viewers of loyal readers and, and viewers, but not through social media or stuff like that, but through their number one television or, or paper in each country in their own languages. As you know, Turkish, Italian, Pakistanis, uh, uh, they they don't necessarily Arabs they don't necessarily speak English or read in English so they have their own outlets and I became sort of like quote unquote our Daphne it's been a while uh, going on for more than two decades I'm a television executive producer you everybody probably have known uh, have seen or have heard about. Uh, many of my interviews but some like Michael Jackson of his, of his parents produced by me in partnership with uh, Liz Murdoch well, uh, daughter of Rupert Murdoch the owner of Fox same thing with Liza Minnelli and her sister uniting them Eric Clapton and then uh, in the last several years I also agreed to pen some books uh, the first one was Saving Amy which became world famous became sort of a cult it's a sort of a diary of addiction or a dysfunctional family which led to addictions and it's a, a it's basically about my six months filming with Amy Winehouse and her family as a book uh, uh, was based on a documentary which uh, was everywhere from 60 minutes Australia like 50 countries and um, a film inspired by its message that there was probably something even worse that we we ever acknowledge in this family uh, won an Oscar. So I'm very happy to the people who did it. Thank you for that. Now, to plea or not to plea, this reveals uh, Rick Gates, why Rick Gates pleaded guilty uh, in the Mueller investigation and the re repercussions of this ordeal. Bring that out for us. So, Rick Gates actually was not a household name, although he was very powerful, you know, Michael. I mean, he was a guy that you would call to get a VIP uh, dinner, inv uh, 
uh, invites uh, for the inauguration or the inauguration events, or if you're not as fortunate as I am, or we've been a long time friend of Trump, you would call, would you pass my resume to the transition team? Uh, but he, Rick always kept himself in the shadow. He was a deputy campaign manager. Um, after, I mean, after Paul Manafort was fired, he was still asked by Jared Kushner to stay. And then he became the deputy um, chairman of the inauguration, uh, number two to uh, Tom Bark, who's a mutual friend of Donald Trump and myself, wonderful guy. And um, so Rick always kept in the shadow. The, it's the what you saw in CBS and uh, a bit extra. You'll see it on, on Fox and, and uh, everything a bit more. Is the first television uh, interviews with uh, Rick because he has never given an interview. And one day, uh, Rick Gates finds himself his life interrupted, like Mike Flynn, like Paul Manafort. Uh, the reason I chose Regate was because it was a shock for all of us. Uh, Michael Eric Trump introduced Rick Gates and I uh, one day when uh, he asked Bill and I to become delegates uh, to the convention. Uh, I was one of the 10 delegates at large. We, Bill was a delegate for our vacation home uh, district. And it was very important for them because if you remember, Ted Cruz at that point did not like and did not accept the result that Donald Trump nailed the majority needed for becoming a, to become the GOP, the RNC GOP uh, nominee. So Ted Cruz was trying uh, reportedly to buy uh, delegates for lunch, for hotel, uh, accommodation, whatever. Uh, Donald Trump had to rely on people like Bill and myself that we would not be able, uh, we would not be bought for lunch or anything. So Eric sent me an email, said Daphne, meet Rick Gates, he's in charge of the delegates. Uh, uh, we already talked before, so I said I would be happy to be uh, your delegate, so would Bill. So would you meet Rick Gates, he's in charge of the delegates. Rick, meet Daphne, she's been a long time. Uh, a friend of the family, I told Rick about the special friendship. That's it. But there was nothing like a... <coughs> so sorry. Bless you. <coughs> sorry. There was not... That shows that I'm telling you the truth. But there was nothing... Um, I, we didn't develop a friendship. It was like Daphne meet uh, Rick. I, I think it changed. We probably talked a few times on the phone. And I think it changed when... Um, just a few weeks before the inauguration, uh, one of the uh, Trumps uh, asked me if I would like to go and check the Trump DC hotel. As you recall, Michael, it was a, a, a new hotel by then. And they wanted to check it out because of course the family uh, would have stayed there, many billionaires, big donors, uh, including Bill and myself. So I took my brother and my husband and we went there for the New Year's Eve. And uh, Mikhail, the general manager of the hotel, was very close to Donald Trump, received us and, and treated the whole experience of the New Year's Eve like a dress rehearsal for the inauguration. So it was like a five course meal. And they tried the balloon, they tried like, you know, it was 2000. 
2017 balloons because it's such a high ceiling in this hotel. It was lost in a crowd. They understood we need to double or triple Ryan Prebus, then uh, chief of staff to be with their others. When we I went down like 2 3 a.m. in the morning to my suite, I heard Daphne, Daphne. So they, all the teams that was working on the inauguration knew me. We were friends. And suddenly one person looked at me and said, oh, we talked so many times on the phone. My name is Rick Gates. That's it. But the next few weeks during the inauguration, we stayed with the family and friends. And, you know, Tom Bark was working with the inauguration team there. We went to the gym together. We went to coffee together. We bumped into each other. We became better friends. And Rick was very liked. Unlike Paul Manafort, his former patron was very flashy and, you know, $10,000 jacket and everything. And by the way, I'm sure he's a great guy. But um, Rick had this unique ability not to create enemies. He was like in the shadow. He was likable. He was not stealing any limelight. And so he became sort of part of us, many of the Trump friends in, in orbit. And at that point, uh, he was tapped to be uh, one of the four people in charge of the America First Park, uh, which was uh, Nick Ayers, and then became the chief of staff of um, Mike Pence and was tapped to be the chief of staff of Donald Trump. It didn't happen. Uh, Rick Gates, Brett Pascal, who is a friend of ours, and he's right now the chief of Donald Trump campaign. Tell me, yep. how, how did how did Rick get from get the pressure from the FBI to go from this lofty position that he had with the Trump administration, and then go how how to go into and make a choice of cooperation versus dedication? There is some 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 insights in there that you might be able to bring out for us. And Michael, you, you are so wise to bring uh, to bring it up. And the one word you chose, which does not apply, and it's so key, is the choice. Uh, when I went into this book and into this filming, which, by the way, Donald Trump applauded me when I told him. He said, oh, my God, how, how are you doing it, right? It's even bigger than Michael Jackson. Because it was quite impossible to do. But... When I went into it, I was uh, under the impression that um, to plea or not to plea, that means that you have to choose between very two bad choices, like uh, choosing between AIDS and cancer. Each one is such a bad choice. What I found out filming with him and talking to him, that no, 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 neither he nor Mike Flynn, none of them had any choice. When the government is going after you, you lose all your choices. You lose all your, your rights. So basically, if you decide to fight, which, by the way, of course, it was Rick's uh, initial um, response. Let me fight for my dignity. Let me fight for my truth. As Paul Manafort did, people forget Paul Manafort then, then pled. Uh, and I'm sure Mike Flynn wanted the same. No, 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 because then they came... And, and double and triple the charges and then it, it costs so much so many millions and uh, uh, the moment that Rick Gates uh, uh, broke was the moment that after I call uh, the first name of the book which is becoming a film which you'll hear an announcement quite soon was 118 days because it's the 118 days window that Rick Gates was thinking to plea or not to plea and it was a bloody uh 
difficult decision which would uh, affect the life of his family, his children for the uh, four years to come. Uh, you can like you cannot walk back. And what I am thinking is the day that it re- he really broke down was a day that they suddenly doubled the charges on him and Manafort because Manafort decided to to fight it and. He also put pressure on, on Gates, directly and indirectly, uh, not to plea. And, and I understand Manafort, of course, because he didn't want Gates to, to flip against him. But at that point, we understood that he could not afford it financially. Who does? Right. Uh, you know, Michael, don't forget one thing, last thing. Michael Caputo, who had nothing to do with this, he was just a witness. He went publicly. And he said, I lost my house. I was just a witness just because of the legal bills. How can anybody afford it? I get the point. No, absolutely. I, and I fully understand that. Now, Roger Stone trial uh, is, is now started. And Rick Gates is expected to testify. Um, are, did you have any conversation with Rick about what's going to happen through the Roger Stone um, trial and how he would participate in that? Well, you're you're so sweet, Michael. You're making it as if he had a choice. If Rick Gates had a choice, he wouldn't participate in this trial. To begin with, he thought, people don't understand that the plea deal is not something that is explained to you fully. And even if it is, you don't comprehend it. It's a very one-sided deal that only the prosecutors decide, A, when they can walk back, and they can walk back anytime when you decide you lied or didn't comply. Look what they're doing with Mike Flynn. Let's look what they did with Paul Manafort. And secondly, there is no timeline. Every deal in life, Michael, we have a timeline, let alone bad news. Let's say if I tell you, Michael, uh, uh, go to the doctor tomorrow, and the doctor tells you, you know, Michael, I need to, you need a surgery. The, your first question will be, wow, when can I go back to, to work? What is my recovery time? Two months, three months, so you have something to look forward, let alone jail. And this deal, when we decided about the date for the book between America and Australia and televisions uh, in both countries, we thought by now, Rick and Flynn, everybody would be long time sentenced. No way, because it's always like uh, if they can decide that uh, Rick can Rick was supposed to testify only on only at the Paul Manafort trial, then another trial, then this one, he really didn't want to, and basically he got the bad news that his sentencing, which is supposed to be in two three weeks, uh, is sort of quote unquote conditioned to him delivering the goods. And the third trial by now is Roger Stone. Did he want to do that? No. Why would he want to do that? I mean, uh, it's a very good question. Uh, it's a, the plea that I don't wish anybody should take. But did Flynn or, or Gates had any choice? I'm, I'm not too sure. Good. Well, point. Um, Our our limited time is up for now. I want to thank you for being a guest on the show. And I look forward to getting your book and being able to read it. You didn't get it. Not yet, but I will. Oh, my God. I'm going to tell my publisher immediately to send it to you. Okay. (laughs) Thank you so much. Shame on them. Shame on them. And by the way, it's a very different book of what you... uh, 
imagine it's not the usual uh, cheerleading Trump is being a long time friend of ours a lot of points there about uh, things that should have not have done happening with a Mueller report and stuff investigation but they're also very beautiful and funny and enlightening and, and even romantic moments uh, to be told for the first time I'm looking forward to it thank you Jeff thank you so much Michael you're welcome. All right, you've been watching CEO Money with Michael Yorba. Thanks for joining with us. Don't forget to download our new app on iOS and Android. We'll talk to you soon.